Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.Church, every life made different. Well, happy Mother's Day weekend. We are so glad that you are with us. And wherever you are, wherever you're watching from today, and you are a mom, we just want you to feel celebrated and loved and seen today. We know all of the hard work that you have been putting forth, especially if you have school-age children right now and you are suddenly a homeschool mom. Uh, We just say kudos to you. Um, But we also know that Mother's Day can be hard for many of you, and so just know that we we love you, we are praying for you, whether you've lost a mom, whether you have struggled with infertility, we just want you to know that we are praying for you, for God to just hold you during this time, and that Mother's Day wouldn't be something that, um, that you avoid or... Um, is just super painful, but we just ask for God today to speak to your heart and to meet you right where you are at and ultimately pray for a miracle in your life. But we are so glad that you're here. And I am honored to get to teach uh, this weekend and just bring the word. And so um, we are in our rest series. Mel did a fantastic job last weekend just talking about what it means to come to Jesus and bring him our burdens and so so I, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message. It is a really good one and a really important one. Um, but today I'm going to talk about um, just what it means to really sit at Jesus' feet and where our help and our source and our rest really comes from. And, um, you know, this time last year, I was in a really busy season of life, like many of you probably were. Life looked a lot different than it currently does right now. Um, My youngest was in all kinds of activities, so I was running her around from place to place, and then I was busy myself with work and with speaking and and different things, and you know, I just, um, I thought I was okay. I, I thought that I was managing things well but I quickly realized when I landed in the hospital just a few days after Mother's Day that, uh, and my appendix ruptured that I wasn't okay, that uh, my body was trying to tell me something else. And I'm not saying that my stress caused my appendix to rupture, but what I am saying is uh, spending that time in the hospital and then having forced rest uh, come upon me, it gave me some time to think and really evaluate life. And I realized that while I was doing a lot of really good things, I was doing things for Jesus. I was doing things for my family. I was doing things, you know, for other people and serving them. I realized that I wasn't doing things with Jesus, that I really wasn't operating out of his strength, but I was operating out of my own strength. And so today we're just going to talk about like what it is like to sit at Jesus' feet and to, to operate from a place of his power and his strength. You know, life looks a lot different right now. We're currently in the middle of a pandemic. Hopefully, we're on the tail end of it. Um, But life has slowed down a lot, you know. And while we aren't running around like crazy, with like chickens with our heads cut off, 
we are still busy in some form or fashion. And, and while we don't have the schedules to keep up with, we still aren't really resting. And or at least I I'm not on some days. And I asked on Instagram a few days ago, you know, what is what's keeping you from truly resting during this time? And here are some of the answers that I got. Uh, feeling trapped and like I should be busy instead of resting. I guess the answer is me. Isn't that the truth? Uh, the uncertainty of the future was one that came up a lot. Seeking to understand worry, anxiety, fear, uh, financial worries, financial stress, work, overthinking. Man, that that's one that really can can take a toll on us. Kids, um, for sure, <laughs> get that. Um, a certain idea of what product productivity looks like, you know, comparing ourselves um, on social media, non-structured work hours, so it, it giving the ability to work any time, so therefore you work all the time. My phone, um, no boundary between, between work and home, expectations are to work the same, uncertainties, being alone, I know this is a lonely time. I'm not knowing what normal is anymore, not knowing what our future normal might look like or when. Social media, a messy house, homeschooling, trying to make sure my family's doing okay with all of the changes and struggles. And, and I will say that for the most part, I think there was two guys that responded to my question. Most of these came from from women, from moms, from single women. Um, and, you know, when I look at this list, and I, and I could go on with more, um, but all of those things just make me pause and say, Jesus, we really need you. We need you, and not just now, but we need you in every season. And so I just want to take a look at Scripture today, take a look at one of my favorite stories in Scripture, um, and it's found in Luke 10, 38 through 42, and uh, if you've been in church, you probably will have heard this story several times. If you've never been in church, that's okay too, and I'm going to talk to you about Martha and Mary. Uh, they were dear friends of Jesus, their brother Lazarus, Jesus raised from the dead miraculously, and so they really loved Jesus a lot. And here in Luke 10, 38 through 42, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so, like I said, 
I think we can all identify, whether you are a man or a woman, we can all identify with, the, um, with Martha and Mary, because we're all wired so differently. Some of us are more task-driven, some of us are more people-driven, um, but I think we can all relate to either Mary or Martha in this story. And, and you know, we see that, they, that Jesus came to their home for dinner, and Martha, her gift was probably the gift of hospitality. You know, she was the Instagram-worthy hostess. And um, she was making all of the preparations to prepare a delicious feast for the Savior of the world, for the Messiah, for, for her Lord, which isn't, which isn't a terrible thing, right? It's a good thing. She was wanting to serve him in that way, but while she was preparing... Mary, her sister, was sitting at Jesus' feet and learning from him and listening to him and and just taking in all that Jesus was and everything that he was saying. But it says in scripture that Martha was, you know, distracted by all that she had to get done. And I am so guilty of that, especially when I know people are coming over. I can quickly get really short-sighted and get short-tempered and get really stressed over everything that has to get done. And, and I, I think it's hilarious that somewhere in the midst of all of her preparations, she stops and she realizes Mary is not helping at all. Look at Mary. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. But instead of Martha going to approach Mary directly, she goes to Jesus. Kind of like our kids do when um, they're wanting to tell on their sibling. They go to the parent instead of, you know, instead of them directly. You know, Mom, tell, you know, tell Abby that she needs to get up and clean her room. Or tell Abby she needs to do the dishes. Or Mom, tell Emma that she needs to get to work and help me with this. And it's basically what Martha was doing. She immediately goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, do you not care that Mary is just sitting doing nothing while I am doing all of the work? Can you please tell her to help me? And I find it really funny that, you know, Mary has this comfortability with, with Jesus' comfort level with him that she feels like she can say this to him. Um, And at this point, Martha was irritated with Mary, but she was, I think, a little irritated with Jesus, too, that he was willingly letting Martha just sit there while she was doing all of the work. You know, um, Martha forgot one thing. She forgot that while she was doing things for Jesus, she was missing the important thing that Jesus has pointed out was that She wasn't doing it with him. And that Mary got it. She understood that Jesus wasn't going to be with them forever. And that while he was there, she needed to take advantage of the time that she had with him. And, you know, Mary didn't care what other people thought. We see that anytime she's mentioned in scripture. She she didn't care what other people thought. She knew what the best thing was. And it was to sit at Jesus' feet. We see... Obviously, in this scripture, Luke 10, 39, that Mary was sitting at his feet and learning. And then in John eleven thirty two, 32, Mary fell at Jesus' feet and surrendered. And in John 12, 3, Mary anointed Jesus' feet and honored him. See, Jesus, he wasn't ignoring all the work that needed to be done. 
But what he was trying to say was that when all of the work that needs to get done actually hurts your relationship with him, it actually damages your relationship with him or separates you from him, then you need to reassess your work and motivation. I know that I can be really guilty of this when I am running around trying to make sure everything's getting done or everyone's happy or, you know, organizing my to-do list for the next day or getting discouraged that I didn't get everything done. And, and Jesus is saying, like, Kim, yeah, you have work. Like, I'm not overlooking that. You have work to do. But it has to come from a place of rest. It has to come from a, a posture of being with me before you can do it for me. See, Mary understood Deuteronomy 8.3. She would have learned this growing up. And it says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Mary knew that ultimately she would only be fulfilled by what Jesus' teachings were, by what he was saying, by living a life with him. I believe that a lot of our lack of rest... I believe that with my whole heart that a lot of our unhappiness and our dissatisfaction with life and with the way our life looks comes from a place of not being with Jesus. And yeah, we can mark off all of the to-dos and the, the good Christian things to do, but just because we're marking off those things doesn't mean we've actually really spent time with him. It just means that we've done things for him. And when our relationship uh, suffers with Jesus, when, when we're lacking in that intimacy with him, then really everything else suffers. And I really believe that our lack of rest ultimately comes from a lack of trust in God. And we will see this, Mel's going to talk more about what Sabbath looks like and all of those things, but you know, there's a reason why God says you have six days to work and on the seventh day, rest. And even God himself rested. But yet in our culture, we're constantly working, we're constantly serving, we're constantly doing, 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 even in this season because even in this season, while you, I know a lot of you are still working, and, and you may be working more now than ever, um, depending on your job. Um, but even for those of you who are, are furloughed or, um, you know, you're not working in the moment, we still are busy. We're busy scrolling through our social media feeds. We're, we're busy with watching hours upon hours of Netflix per day. We're, we're busy reorganizing our homes and, and getting it to where we want them to be, whatever you've tasked yourself with. But I know that I'm most at rest when I spend time with Jesus, when the first thing that I do in the mornings is spend that time with him and get renewed in my spirit I'm most at rest when I know what he says about me and not what the world says about me or what the Instagram quarantine um, bucket list says I should be, um, but what Jesus says I should be and live in that. I'm, I'm most at rest when I trust that no matter what my finances look like, that Jesus will provide. 
He will provide for me. I am most at rest when I am worried about my family member's health. When I realize Jesus is our healer and he is with me in ever-present time of trouble. But, but I can only believe that if I'm actually spending time with him. See, every, everything we do should be of an outflow of our time spent with Jesus every single thing. To follow Jesus, um, Jefferson Bethke from his book To Hell with the Hustle says this, to follow Jesus, we need to not just follow his teaching, but also follow his way, his process, his cadence, his demeanor, his spirit, his very essence. Who am I becoming through the practices I am doing? You know, ultimately, when we spend time with Jesus, we are changed because we are learning his cadence. We're learning his demeanor. We're learning the way he does things and the way he operates. And you can find that in a person who is living out their life in peace and, and in joy. I guarantee you it's because they have chosen the first thing, the main thing, the important thing, to spend time at Jesus' feet. See, even Jesus rested. Even the Son of God, who was fully God and fully man, he knew that he had to rest, just like his Father. In Mark 1, Jesus did a lot this day. He, he healed, he, he had his, like, a full-on day, but the first thing he did was he got up early and he went to a solitary place to pray. See, even Jesus had to renew his mind. He had to sit with his Father. He had to pray and have solitude and quiet. In Mark 4, 35 through 40, we see that there's a crowd following him, wanting him, needing him. I can so identify that with sometimes, ah, there's too many people who need me. Jesus knew what this was like. They were expecting him to heal and do miracles, but he needed rest. And so he told the disciples to get the boat ready and to get away, and, and Jesus goes to sleep. And, and we've talked a lot about the story recently of how the storm comes. and But Jesus went to sleep. He knew he needed rest. See, Jesus is fully aware of the work that needs to be done. He is fully aware of that there is a harvest that is ripe, that there are people that need to know about Jesus. He is fully aware that there are patients that need to be taken care of in the hospitals. He is fully aware of it all. But he knew that he had, he knows that the importance of stopping and resting. In Matthew 14, John the Baptist was just beheaded and Jesus was mourning and he needed to retreat and be alone. But, but we see that the crowds follow him and he goes ahead and does this amazing miracle and feeds the 5,000. But when he dismissed the crowd, he went up to the mountains to pray because he wasn't going to give up that time to refresh and renew and rest. See, like I said earlier, Netflix, puzzles, reorganizing your house, cleaning your house, whatever you're doing, all of those things aren't necessarily bad. I'm okay, you know, 
with it, doing those um, daily. They're all fine things, but I think the question to ask yourself is, are those things putting my soul at rest? Are those things filling me up? Do I feel refreshed and renewed and ready to tackle whatever comes my way when I'm doing them? So it's okay to do those things, but if, if they're keeping you from spending time with Jesus, then I say we have to reevaluate the rhythms that we're putting in place. So these are just a few things that, a few tips, a few applications to take away from today. And the first thing is, you know, I want to encourage you to add daily rhythms into your life to connect with God. See, I, I have this fear that if we don't do this now, when life is slower, we're not going to do it when life picks back up. So now is the time to establish those daily rhythms and to develop a hunger and thirst for God's word. You know, having an unhurried time with the Lord, not a, okay, I did my five minutes, now I got to get on with my day. But having an unhurried time with Jesus, that's what Mary was doing. That's what Jesus recognized that we all need to be doing. So putting into practice spiritual disciplines. Maybe it means that you go to bed an hour earlier and give up that Netflix episode so that you can get up an hour earlier to spend unhurried time with him. For me, I prefer the mornings. I prefer to get up about an hour before the rest of my family because I know that I need that quiet. I need that peace. I need unhurried time with the Lord. And, and if I'm talking to younger moms who have little ones, I'm, I'm very aware that for you to have quiet is almost impossible. Like, I get it. When I go to my sister's house where she has four kids, I realize it is a lot more difficult for her to pull away and have quiet. But... Moms, can I just encourage you that you can't be the mom that you need to be. You can't operate out of a place of just weariness. We have to begin to put some things into practice. And so if that means that you get up an hour earlier to spend time with Jesus, then do that. Whatever it means from you. Because here's the thing. The enemy of our souls wants nothing more the devil wants nothing more than to distract us from being with Jesus. And so we have to fight for that and we have to put it into practice. The second thing is practice silence. I know a lot of you may be scared of sitting in silence. I love it. I don't mind riding in my car with no nothing on. I don't mind sitting in the mornings without worship on even. Um, I, I enjoy sitting in silence, but it's a discipline that I've created in my life. And, and I don't always get it perfect. I don't want to come off like that. But, but I just encourage you to set aside 15 minutes. Start with 5, 10, 15 minutes a day and practice quiet reflection. No music no distractions, and just meditate on God's word. Meditate on truth or scripture. One of my favorite apps right now is the Dwell app. And so I'll just turn it on and just 
have the instrumental playing behind them reading the word to me, but I just meditate on those scriptures. And and for those of you who call some at home, we have two uh, free months for you to, to listen to that during this time, and, and we will be posting that link. But I would encourage you to practice silence. You know, when we turn off constant distractions and sit quietly before God, and we focus intently on his word and, med- and meditate, a few things begin to happen. And these things are taken from Jenny Allen's book, Get Out of Your Head, which is one of my favorite books right now. And so these are things that science has proven when we begin to practice solitude. Um, the first thing is your brain will be physiologically altered. Scientists have found that the brains of people who spend untold hours in prayer and meditation are different. You guys, that's because God created our brains to actually rewire themselves. He created our brains to renew themselves. But we have to put into practice solitude and quiet. It also says your imagination will be rewired. So if you struggle with inappropriate thoughts, um, Sam Black from Covenant Eyes says inappropriate thoughts can be combated with positive thoughts, such as thinking of a new hobby, playing music, repeating an inspiring quote, or some other positive activity. But again, God can rewire our thought life when we submit it to him and we begin to renew our minds. Another thing is the kind of brainwaves present during relaxation increases and anxiety and depression decrease. Your brain stays younger longer when you practice silence and meditation. You'll have fewer wandering thoughts where you get distracted easily. And the final thing is your perspective will eventually shift. And what I love about all of, the, all of these things is that they're actually backed up by science. But God, he doesn't just give us instruction just because. He gives us instruction. Like Jesus was telling Martha, hey, Mary's doing the good thing by sitting, by being quiet, by listening. Because she knows that I'm the healer. I can renew her mind. The third thing I want to encourage you to do is take a break from social media. Maybe you just set a time limit for yourself during the day. I I will be really interested to see the stats for social media when all of this is over. I am positive they are through the roof. And while a lot of really good things are happening on social media right now, you know, you're coming online for Bible study, you're coming online for church, all of those things, but... We still have to need to limit our time. And so maybe that means that you take a break or you set a time limit or you just get rid of it altogether. And the fourth thing that Mel will go deeper into in the following weeks is practicing Sabbath and really taking that to heart and putting that into practice. You know, as I close today, a scripture that has really been on my heart during this time is Isaiah 30:15 and and I've said it on our morning Bible study but I want to read it again to you today because it's just it's something that I so desperately want to make sure that I am doing during this time like I don't want to waste this season and even though this season isn't necessarily fun you know, that's stressful for a lot of people. I do believe the Lord wants to use this season to cause us 
to pay attention to what he wants to do. In Isaiah 30, 15, he's talking to the Israelites, and he's trying to give them a wake-up call through the prophet Isaiah, and it says, For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest you shall be saved, and quietness and in trust shall be your strength. But... You were unwilling. You know, I, I just want us to sit and imagine for a moment what would it look like if we as Christ followers actually started putting this stuff into practice? What if we actually saw this season as a time for reset? A time to shift the way we do life. A time, ultimately, to shift our relationship with Jesus. What if we didn't waste this time and waste this pandemic and all of us as a collective declare not only with our mouths but with our everything, with everything that we are, Jesus, we need you Jesus, we need you. What would happen if during this time we returned to him? We rested in him. We got quiet and we put our full trust and hope in him and him alone. You know, returning, it requires repentance. And you may say, well, Kim, I don't, I don't really have any big sins I need to repent of. But we all have things that we need to repent for, whether it's busy hearts, busy minds, distracting ourselves with things that keep us from our time with the Lord. Repentance is something that we should be putting into practice every day, just coming before God and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I don't trust you more. Help me. I'm sorry that I don't see you as my provider more. Help me. See, returning requires repentance, and not only does it require repentance, repentance actually, um, actually means to turn away from and to put our focus on something new. Rest is everything we've been talking about through this whole series, but putting into action rest and quiet and trust. And then Jesus, God says, it's going to be your strength. It's going to be your salvation. But I don't want the last part to be us. I don't want the last part to be me. I don't want to get to the end of this and hear God say, I gave you this time to refocus, to shift, to spend intimate time with me, but you weren't willing you know, the fact is, is we all need Jesus. No matter if you have been walking with Jesus for 30 years, 50 years, one day, or maybe you've never walked with him before, but the fact is, is we all desperately need him. We are created to need him. All of the holes in our lives are, are not filled by other things or even other humans. They are filled by him and him alone. And so today, I just, I want 
to pray with you and just, I pray that you develop an intimacy with him that you didn't realize that you could have. And that our hearts would shift. And then we would see God do amazing things through all of this because we turned to him, we repented, we rested, and we trusted him and him alone. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are a good, good father. I thank you that we are not without hope. You give us everything we need, Lord. And Jesus, today, I, I just say that I, I'm sorry for the times that I haven't taken the time to sit at your feet and learn from you and learn rest from you. Help our souls to rest in you, Jesus. I just pray for everyone that is watching today, maybe for those that are struggling with mental illness or depression or anxiety, Jesus, I pray that you would fill their place right now. For those that are grieving, for moms who feel overwhelmed and, and at their wits end, Jesus, I pray that you would remind them that they're not doing this alone, that you're there and you want to help them and give them everything that they need. Jesus, fill homes all over. Fill apartments, fill hospital rooms. Jesus, may your presence fill every part of our lives. I pray that our souls would be at rest in you, Jesus. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. You know, maybe you're watching today and you would say, Kim, I, I'm not a follower of Jesus Christ. I but I want to, I want to acknowledge that I need him. I need forgiveness of sin and I, I need a savior. So if that's you today, I just encourage you um, in your chat today, you can acknowledge that. You can just say, acknowledge I need a savior today. And we want to pray with you. And I, I just, at this time, I want you to repeat this prayer after me, that you don't have to be in a church building to come to know the Lord. You can be wherever you're at right now and just acknowledge your need for him to come into your life and make you whole. And so if you'll just repeat this prayer after me today. Dear Heavenly Father, I need you. I need a savior. Forgive me of all of my sin. Heal me. Make me whole. Create a clean heart in me, God. I want to walk with you all of my days, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for saving me today, in Jesus' name, amen. So we are celebrating with you if you prayed that prayer today. And we just want to encourage you to text the word different to the number 94000 or 94000. But text the word different to 94000. You can also hit the connect button on your screen 
Fill that out. We want to resource you. We want to get you a Bible. We want to send you um, helpful things to help you on your journey. And we want to come alongside of you because Jesus never intended for us to do this journey alone. So we celebrate you. We're excited for you. And, um, and we love you. And so make sure and text the word different to 94,000 or fill out the connect card on your screen. But family, we are, I'm so glad that I was able to be with you this weekend. And just know that we love you so much. And we are praying for you, and we can't wait for the day that we get to see you again. And so you all have a great weekend.